What's up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of 94 by 50 here with uh, Max. What is up, listeners? Good to be back. Good to be with you, Matthew. And yeah, good to be with the NBA season, huh? I found this tweet that had just kind of a list of like all the big kind of awards and kind of predictions for the year. And so we each um, filled that out. So I'm thinking, why don't we just go through one cool. by one and kind of talk that out? So MVP, we've got uh, Nikola Jokic, the two-time reigning MVP. Um, I like Giannis Antetokounmpo to reclaim his crown this year. Um, I think Denver won't have to. First of all, it's just hard to three-peat his MVP, period. Um, and second, I think the Denver will be, have a more balanced attack, hopefully knock on wood with, with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Healthy. Um, so for that reason, I like the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo to, uh, reclaim his, his MVP reward that he won a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like that pick. It's really hard to go against the Greek freak. Um, he's so good every year. You know, Chris Middleton will be back. The the Bucks didn't change a ton over the the summer, which just shows their confidence in him as well to just like ride him. And they've got a great team around him, so I could definitely see that. I went with Luca though. Okay, I think this is the year. I think he's been so good these last few years and i think later in the year he really started to like kind of ascend to like superstar level Mm -hmm. and then i just think with you know he loses jalen brunson which means i think luca's gonna do even more the playmaking and then he gains christian wood who can go up and grab a dunk who can hit a three who's really just so versatile and has been a hidden gem on the rockets yeah um and i mean dwight powell's been the starter for that position who he's solid but i mean that's a major upgrade yeah yeah i mean the big men upgrades from dwight powell and and maxi kleber to to christian wood are huge and and we were texting about this wood has kind of flown under the radar as a as a really good player just on bad teams so you never see him in those those primetime games. Um, Yep. And I just think that like MVP, a lot of it does come down to like record and how the team does, you you know, and I think the, the, the Mavs are going to have a really good year. I think, you know, he's young, young and hungry to win one. And um, the guy just puts up numbers. I I could see it. No, I think so too. He has that motivation having, having not won it before and really wanting to establish himself in the top tier of, of NBA players. Uh, so for coach of the year, a little bit of maybe a, an easy pick, uh, somewhat of an obvious choice. Um, not obvious, but like a, a coach, you know, will have a good team, I guess, is, is Steve Kerr. Um, I think he is the best coach on the best team. And when you have that combination, um, it's a good recipe for coach of the year. Um, there are some guys like on 
mediocre teams or teams we expect to be mediocre that might be a little bit better than mediocre and have a surprise playoff um, bid who, who could certainly win coach of the year. But, but I think Kerr will um, do a great job of Warriors having the best season record in the regular season, my prediction, um, and integrating in some of those young new guys uh, like Wiseman, like Moses Moody, Jordan Poole will continue to improve, et cetera. Uh, so I got Steve Kerr as my coach of the year. Yeah, I mean, everything you said just makes sense. And and then especially with how this, you know, year kind of started off with the Draymond Green and Poole incident. Mm-hmm. It, um, I mean, it makes it even just like a bigger challenge. And just like on the other side of things to stay hungry and to stay on top and to stay winning when you're like the hunted or whatever, you know. And yeah, I could definitely see that. And well, I won't go, but yeah, I think the Warriors are just going to be the te- are are the team to beat this year. Um, I went with uh, JB Bickerstaff from the Cavs. Um, I think the Cavs are another team that are going to go pretty far this year. Uh, I like the makeup of their roster. Another like young hungry- foreshadowing potentially 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 um but yeah i just think he's a really good coach the team's gonna be really good they have so many weapons they can really like when you have point guards now you have garland uh mitchell and then rubio is gonna come back too mm-hmm. and there's three very high level players that can play off the ball or on the ball so they can just do a ton of plays. They've got lobs. Mobley's just can roam around the middle and just do damage. The defense is awesome. I just – I see the Cavs taking a big step this year, and I think he's, you know, will uh, – he'll get some shine accordingly. Yeah, I like that. And you could – I mean, like you said, Rubio, Mitchell, and Garland could all run the point, and you could even see a lineup with all three of them. And then with, with Allen and Mobley as the big guys, um, which could be if they can figure it out and have the right chemistry, a super dangerous lineup at the playoff time. Um, so for GM of the year, sticking with the uh, Cavs theme, I said Mike Gancy from the Cavs. Um, yes, he just made that one trade this offseason, albeit <laughs> a very big trade to get Donovan Mitchell. Um but I think this will be more of an award for kind of the Cavs front office cumulative work over the past couple of years. Um, they're in a really tough spot having to rebuild, losing LeBron for a second time. And they've done a great job with drafting Garland and turning him into an all-star with drafting Evan Mobley, with, dra- with uh, acquiring Jarrett Allen from the Nets. Um, and now they have a really nice young core to build around. Um, and I think, the Cavs will definitely be a playoff team this year um, and get a higher seed than they did last year. So again, I've got Mike Gancy, GM from the Cavs as a GM or executive of the year. Yeah, I honestly said the same thing. Um, I mean, you, you just said so much of it. They've just done such a good job kind of keeping the ship steady through not only um, LeBron, but also the Michigan coach. Um Right, beeline. beeline. Yeah, that kind of failed Coming experiment. For less than a year and mm-hmm. just being kind of just like a disaster. 
uh, to keep the ship, to keep veterans, you know, in the locker room, like with K-Love. And then all the drafts you or draft picks you mentioned, plus like Okoro and Lamar Steven, just some other good young players that are all solid. Chetty Osman, honestly, you know, he started out just like as the guy who would just like uh, chest bump LeBron, you know, from the bench. And now he's coming on and, you know, really putting up stats. So they've got a deep team and uh, it's it's been an impressive build. All right. For most improved player, you could also uh, potentially put him in the comeback player of the year category, although we don't have that award as part of our predictions. Um, I said uh, Zion Williamson. I think we knew all about him before his his injury troubles, of course, coming out of Duke. And um, I mean, being in the limited time we've seen him on the NBA floor being really good, but as pending his health or contingent upon his health uh i think he can go to the next level this year be at all-star level um with playing alongside brandon ingram and um help me out here i'm blanking on the guard that they got from portland cj mccollum uh playing alongside him um he, I, of course, picked this before he had that scary fall last night. Um, so, Hope, Zion, if you're listening, hope you're okay. Yeah, for real, Zion, hope you're doing all right. Icing up. Uh, okay, so I left this blank in our spreadsheet because I was really between, a, like, a. this one was a tough one, you know? Because I didn't know. So, I also was thinking Zion. Mm-hmm. And then also Wiseman. But okay. they they both feel like they're just such high picks and then just got hurt. And so they didn't play. So it's like, are they most improved or are they just back playing again? You know? Yeah. So it's tough for me. To, but same kind of with Michael Porter Jr. So mm. I'm going to go with uh, – then it was between Moses Moody and then I think the ultimately I'm going to go with Rui Hachimura. Ooh, okay. Tell me about that. Yeah, he's just been so good. He's been in the league for a few years, and they it seems like he's kind of ready to take a step up, um, even in just like some median stuff for the Bulls uh, Wizards game. I was seeing a lot of like Beal and Rui or Beal, Rui, and Kuzma, you know, him being like kind of one of the more focal points of the team. And he just looked really good against us, so. I don't know. I could see him really like becoming a good piece on a Wizards team that's better than I think people give it credit for. Yeah. No, I like that. He, uh, just looking at his most recent box score, uh, 16 points off the bench in 20 minutes, shot uh, 58% from two and uh, hit two of three from downtown. Um, so, no, I think that's a really good call on a, on a sort of a dark horse team to maybe make a little bit of noise in the East. Yep. All right. Uh, rookie of the year. I said Keegan Murray uh, from the Iowa Hawkeyes. I don't think he's the rookie with the highest ceiling, um, but I think he'll, he's potentially the most NBA ready rookie and he'll be, you know, he'll get plenty of playing time and um, 
in Sacramento. He's not going into a situation like Wiseman, who we just mentioned, did where he was going into um, a winning team like the Warriors um, and not not getting as much playing time because he wasn't completely ready. I think I think Keegan Murray will have all the chances in the world to perform, um, fill up the stat sheet with points, rebounds, assists, kind of be that focal point of the um, <clears throat> of the Kings offense, especially with Tyrese Halliburton traded. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the pick and like it's it's sick that Keegan Murray and I, I think he's going to put up numbers. He seems NBA ready. His game's really smooth. Um, it's cool that there's him and then Jaden Ivey's another potential pick from mm-hmm. Purdue. It's awesome seeing these Big Ten guys be play, you know, kind of ball out right away. Um, but I'm going to go with just the favorite. I'm going to go with Paolo. I think he's just so NBA ready. He looks like pretty damn big out there uh, compared to NBA guys. Like going, you know, first year into the NBA and being like pretty big and like imposing your will on the defense is pretty impressive. And again, another situation where he's kind of on a much younger team where he can kind of take over. He can get all the shots he wants. And so I think he's going to be putting up numbers all year long. Does it look like the hype of that too? Yeah. Does it look to you like he put on some muscle in the offseason, Paolo? I mean, I assume so, yeah. But it's just like he just looks so ready. He's He just looks so confident. His mid-range is awesome. He can go down and get – he. he's just such a big player with the skills that he has. Um, he's going to be fun to watch, and I think he's going to get buckets. I did want to shout out, though – Um. Uh, Matherin, Benedict Matherin, um, who's on the Pacers uh, from Arizona, has been absolutely hooping in preseason and now in the regular season. Um, this guy's like had multiple 20 point games, he's probably averaging about like 18 a game right now. Um, he's coming off the bench. And just putting up massive numbers. He's super athletic. He's got a great shot from three. Uh, can just drive and slash and just great touch. And um, yeah, I, I I think he might like have the best year, but the Pacers won't. And I think he might get forgotten a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's even doing better than you suggested he was. Uh, 24 points a game in 28 minutes. Uh, and you're right, no starts. So, yeah, he's been – he has totally hit the ground running in his first few NBA games. Uh, and Tyrese Halliburton is looking good, too, Twenty, almost averaging 26 and 10. Um, Tyrese yeah. Halliburton, as we just mentioned, who got traded from the Kings. So that'll be – those will for sure be a couple of young players to uh, keep our eyes on as the season progresses. Yeah, and I think, you know, some of that will cool off a bit especially as he also becomes more of a focal point for other deep defenses, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, he, it's not a fluke. He's really good. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, but yeah, moving on. Um, 
Well, I mean, how do you want to do this then? So our, our next ones are more team-centric listeners. Let's uh, Maybe we could do our, our regular season standings and then get to the our playoff predictions for finalists and champion. That's perfect. Yep. So let's start in the East. Cool. Um, we're just going to go up through, I mean, MK, you just did your standings and I think that, you know, I'm, I'm happy to just go along with them. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we can kind of, I can go through them and then we can stop and say where we agree or disagree. Um, yeah. So in the East, I have, I'll count now from 10 to one. I have the Washington wizards, uh, as a number 10 spot play in game. I think they'll be a frisky team this year. People forget how good Bradley Beal is, uh, because Washington has not gotten much press since John Wall left, um, was, you know, the subject of many a trade rumor, but he is still in Washington. They have Porzingis. If he's healthy, he's a good player. They made a trade um, to get some additional solidity in the backcourt with uh, Monte Morris and Will Barton. Um, And then they have some young guys like Rui Hachimura. Johnny Davis hasn't seen much of the floor yet, but as a Badger fan, hopefully he can um, make some contributions. So I have the Washington Wizards eking in at the – the last play in spot number 10. Um, do you want me to keep going or do you want to switch off here? How are we doing this? I mean, I can just touch on uh, cool. real quick. I mean, they are a fun team. They're exactly like you said. They're, they're, they're better than people give it credit for. I like Denny Avija a lot. He's younger and kind of a pretty tall. He'll get kind of point guard skills soon. Kuzma's, you know, just a really, really good player. Um, that kind of gets to shine more. So, and in the, I was impressed by the environment too. The the stadium was rocking when the Bulls played them. So, they could have a fun year. And then I I think the next team you've got, which is the Hornets, I think they're interchangeable. You know, any of this area is pretty. Who knows where the you know it all fall, but the Hornets are a really fun, but still pretty young team. They had off season drama to put it slightly lightly sorry um but yeah what uh made you put the hornets in the playoffs but down this far um i'm concerned a little bit inconsistency around lamello who himself is still progressing as a as a young player um Gordon Hayward is there. Kelly Oubre is there. PJ Washington. Um, to me, those guys are, you know, it, like above average, I guess, NBA players. But I don't know who the who the second star would be to Lamelo. Um, and as I said, Lamelo himself still has some some potential that is remains unfulfilled. Um, so that's that was my take on the Hornets. Yeah, I like that. I think um, I've seen uh, rumors that the Lakers really want to go after Terry Rozier, actually, mm. which that would make sense. And maybe they could get something back that would really kind of uh, – I, I don't know what it would be, but that would kind of help this team out. But 
Yeah, they're, I mean, they're going to be really fun. They've got one of the best announcers in basketball when I hear him on NBA TV. Uh, and LaMelo, yeah, it, it's can he take that next step and really be a superstar, or is he going to be, like, very good and, you know, fun to watch? So, I think that's about the right spot for him. Eighth. Oh, yeah, tell me, tell me uh, how you feel about this one. I've got the Chicago Bulls. Um, as eighth in the East, getting into uh, one of those playing spots again. To me, the the Lonzo injury injury really kills them. Um, that team was gelling so well um, last year before things hit a wall a little bit, and we don't know if Lonzo is going to be back this season. Um, that, that knee injury is really hampering him. Um, they, of course, have Levine and DeRozan, but DeRozan is another year older. Levine, I think, for me, is a good but not great player. Um, so I have the Chicago Bulls again in the eighth spot in the East. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I didn't rank them, so I didn't have to put them somewhere myself. <laughs> you know? um, but I... I wouldn't put them really any higher at this point. They they're so skilled offensively with Vooch and Demar and Zach, but defensively they they've been pretty awful at points. Um, and then our best defensive players who can come on and can really lock it down, you know, they aren't two way players. You know, like Javante Green and Caruso are awesome defensively you put them on offense and you know they'll hit the three every once in a while but a lot of times they kind of become a black hole on offense right you know besides like the hustle like putbacks and stuff like that um and then you've got patrick williams who's same thing like defensively he he knows what he's doing he's like very gifted um like physically for being so young um he's athletic and but he just looks kind of lost and offensively he just like and it's got to be so tough. Like, how do you play offense in a lineup with Vooch, Damar, and Levine? You, you know, you're always going to be fourth. Op- you're never going to be near the top of the options. But it's hard for him to develop like that. Uh, so I, I don't – I see us, like, staying competitive and not being a fun team that you want to play against if you're another team. But I, I don't see us making too much noise unless something changes – um yeah could you see the bulls uh making a move at the trade deadline to kind of put more chips on the table for this year uh to try to get the most out of uh demar Derozan's prime you know as a fan like i i would love it if that would happen you know i i think that Yeah, honestly, yeah. I think this this current, like, because looking at it of, like, Patrick Williams, sorry, listeners, I'm just trying to get my full answer together. Um, just with Io, you know, my favorite player, he, he's good and he's a good NBA player, but he's not Lonzo Ball and he's not going to take us that next step this year. I mean, it's hard to bet against him. He has flashes, but 
we just haven't seen it consistently enough um, to where he's actually imposing really every game consistently. And I think that if the season's going okay, but not awesome, then I think there's potential trade ingredients that the Bulls could, you know, put out there and get some cool stuff back. Yeah. And I would hope because I really like DeMar a lot. Levine seems to really want to be here and he's a fun player. So it'd be really fun to watch this team go on a run. And I think with the current roster, I, that's not a viable option. So seventh, and this team is one of the biggest question marks for me. I have the Atlanta Hawks. Um, this is, of course, a team that got to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago, but then took a step back last year. Um, they got DeJounte Murray, which I think if he fits, can fit with Trey Young in the backcourt, uh, they, could, they could shoot up the standings in the East, be much higher than seventh. Um, but they lose Gallinari. We just don't know if they kind of have that same mojo that they did a couple of years ago when they got to the, the conference finals. Um, but they have talent. They have John Collins. They have Herter. Um, and Trey Young's a, a great player. So my seventh spot was Atlanta Hawks. That felt about right. They could, though. There's a lot of variability with them, though. Could be lower, could be higher. Yeah, they're, they're probably one of the toughest to grade out right now. Mm-hmm. Just as they kind of fit it all together because yeah I, I love their starters but we'll see how deep they are we'll see you know one injury in that team could get a lot less stable I think um but man I just, it's got to be one of the most fun teams to watch like just skilled wise and just to do it like uh the tricks these guys are able to pull off between Trey Young, DeJounte Murray and uh John Collins it's it's just really fun basketball to watch. Um, they're so skilled and can all play at such a high speed. Um, so they've got a pretty high ceiling, but, you know, even when they went to the finals, they were a low seed. They haven't done anything in this East, which is pretty stacked to get much higher than that. So six spot. And again, this is uh, now we're moving into the, upper echelon of the east past the play-in spots um i have the cleveland Cavs, uh which i know is a team you like a lot maybe max is sort of pet team second favorite team we'll see how the season goes but sounds like you like them a lot um i i think it, it could take a little bit of time for them to gel that said they've <laughs> they've had a really good start already they've they've hit the, the ground running uh but i like I like the addition of Donovan Mitchell a lot. I like that move they made. And they're going to make some noise in the East this year. Yeah, I I just – I'm really high on them. Once they get all the pieces back, just because they've, they've got so much they, – their starters are all very talented and very, like – you've got the slashing guards plus the these just, like – the. Their big guys are all very tall, but also so skilled. And when you like, when you have players like Durant and these and Ingram and you know these players that are so tall and skilled, it just really 
helps and the, the spacing is going to work a lot better I think this year with Mitchell and only going to get better with Rubio coming back as a true point guard and I, I just think that, that their backups have gotten pretty good experience with Dean Wade and Okoro and Lamar Stevens and um, I don't know I just think this team puts it all together I think they're going to be much higher in the standings honestly than sixth um, and I think they're going to make a good push. I think it might take a little bit to really get to their peak form, but I believe this the Cavs are going to be top three by the end of the season. Wow. Yeah. Heard it here first, listeners. Um, but one question I had to have regarding the Cavs, and maybe this is more of a postseason question, is is it sustainable to have Allen and Mobley on the court uh, for extended periods of time together when teams start playing small ball? It's kind of like analogous to the um, the wolves in the West with with Gobert and Cat. Um, could they keep up with a team like the Celtics that might just play Al Horford or Robert Williams as their big guy, or a team like the Warriors that just might have James Wiseman um, or Draymond Green as their center, or Kayvon Looney as their center? Are the are the Cavs almost too big for their own good? But we'll see. And I think they'll be really good in the regular season, at least. Yeah, I think the the one thing I'd say is I think a lot of it will be dependent on Mobley because he's so tall, but he's also like a such a skilled defender and really has such good coordination that he, you know, like even Curry and them aren't like licking their chops when they get him on defense. Whereas like with Gobert, it's kind of like, and even talent, you know, a lot of centers, it's more you know, you get him on skates, but I, I think Mobley, if he can really kind of lock it down as a, like on the outside too, I think their defense gets really good and really tough to beat. And offensively, they'll just go over to you. So we'll see. We'll see. But that's probably my hot take, I guess, of the year. I love it. We'll keep He's an eye on that. Be really good. Listeners, let's take a, a quick break, and then we'll be right back with the uh, top five teams in the East. All right, guys, we are back, uh, resuming our Eastern Conference predictions. So at number five, we had the Brooklyn Nets. Um, similar to Atlanta, big question mark surrounding this team, certainly for different reasons than Atlanta. Um, I mean, we don't need to go any further than talking about <laughs> their stars when we have the question marks. Sometimes the question marks come from the supporting pieces and whether they have enough depth. But to me, we just don't. Their stars are mercurial, unpredictable. Um, we have Kyrie, who was filled with trade rumors, of course, was embroiled in the whole vaccine mandate stuff, which is, has now passed. Um, KD apparently requested a trade, threatened to retire if he didn't get traded, but he's nonetheless still in Brooklyn. And then uh, the enigma that is Ben Simmons <laughs> and whether he can, he can shoot the basketball and not just pass and ball handle. So they have a ton of talent. Uh, they could, you know, they could fall off a cliff if they have injuries or things go poorly or, they could be really good. So I kind of split the difference and, and went fifth in the East. Yeah. I mean, I think that's 
Just right. I this team Mercurial's a really good word for him. Almost like just annoying, honestly. Like there's so much talent on this team at the top, but it's like they kind of haven't figured out how to all put it together. But every like few games they'll just blow out a team and it won't even be close. Right. And they'll lose games where you just like, what is going on? It's yeah. I mean, the talent's all there. There's a lot to like about it and this team as a whole, but it, you can't count on them at all. I think it's the perfect spot for them. Yeah. So, we, I don't, still don't know if we really know how good of a coach Steve Nash is either <laughs> because this no. team has been in some such transition. They're not, they haven't really been in a steady state. And, of course, he's a guy who got the job more off of his reputation as a player than – than likely as his uh, his qualifications as a coach. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, Jerry's still out. Just the the team, it just doesn't feel like a real team. You know, there's no real identity behind like the Nets right now. Besides, you know, these players, but there's no like the culture is not there at all. You know. Oh, that's a great point. And it's just hard to, yeah have much faith in that where it's at right now, but we'll see how that, you know, we'll see where we're at in a couple months from now. Yep. So fourth, we had uh, moving into the, the teams that would have the home series in the first round. I had the Celtics. Um, as I say this, I think they could be a little bit higher. I'm just been impressed with how they've started. Uh, you'll be able to see them in person tonight so you'll have to let me know what you think of them but um part of the reason of not having them higher in the predictions was was their coaching situation and also how close to the start of the season that occurred um but they have they have such a good roster i think a better roster than last year arguably with the addition of brogdon yeah I mean, I, I think it's a great spot for him. Yeah, secrets out, listeners. Going to the game tonight, pretty excited. Um, I, I'm stoked to see the Celtics live and in person and obviously the Bulls and Io starting, so it'll be fun. Um, worst case, the Celtics blow the Bulls out and I get to see uh, Alan Terry, the rookie for the Bulls, who showed some promise in preseason, his first minutes, and um, potentially – well, his first like kind of more real minutes, and then Malcolm Hill's first minutes of the season too. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, and just just a PSA for the listeners: like, if if you guys are fans of Max and you see Max at the game, that's awesome. If you want to come up and say hi, but also just please like respect his boundaries and his family time with his brother. Yeah, me and my brother are there to see uh, the game. Uh, normally, any other time, I'm down to hang out and talk, and you know. Love the listeners, obviously, but right. Maybe at the Bulls game, just wave from afar or something. Yeah. Um, but the the other thing about the Celtics team is like you know, they lose their coach and under these very mysterious circumstances, but they're also have such they have an identity. It's the same, but now better, you would think, with Brogdon. They it feels like they can run it back. 
you know, there'll be the in-game situational stuff that I don't know. I mean, Ime Adoka obviously was good at, but the overall like game plans shouldn't be changing that much. I would think when you have even Brad Stevens in, you know, who coached this team before in the, you know, the other the front office. So I, I think it's a good spot for them. I could see them being even higher. Uh, I, I don't, I, I think their floor is much higher than almost any other team. Not sure where their ceiling is though. No, that's a great point. Uh, I think, yeah, we, we know at minimum what the Celtics can be. The question is, can they, can they get back to the finals and win it? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Now we're getting into the top three. So teams that you've got to be feeling pretty good about. So let's go with the third, uh, and that's the Miami Heat. Um, pretty uh, similar look to last year. They lost uh, P.J. Tucker. Um, and they've – who'd they add? Anybody? Not really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not not anyone notable. <laughs> like, they – but they, they've done such a great job of finding these guys um, who are – I know this sounds kind of like a backhanded compliment, but, like, system players. They're really yeah. – Spolster knows – you know, they buy into Miami's philosophy, to the team culture, Spolstra – gets them to play a certain way, gets them to play winning basketball, and they um, outperform their their potential or their talent. Um, guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. Um, Miami, the question for me is, will the need to load manage Jimmy or load manage Kyle Lowry, or if those guys get hurt, especially as they're, you know, in their – Another year older now, Jimmy's 33, Kyle Lowry's 36. Could that hurt their regular season record? This, to me, is very much a team um, that'll just be playing to get to the postseason and making sure they're health, healthy and ready to go at that time. Yeah, I mean, well said. I don't have too much to add. Um, it's like, yeah, it's pretty much running back. It's, I believe they think they're more solidified. Uh you know, they got to make sure not to get hurt. Tyler here, I think, has to take a big step up. Or not a step up, but just really has to keep leveling up as a player. Um, he just got that massive contract. So, right, right. We'll see. I, yeah. I, I think, yeah, the Bulls, it felt like stole one game, you know, opener of the season at Miami. Um, but this team, when it's – putting it all together they're very good and it's rare to find them on an off night because of the culture and the, the team like yeah you know mottos and everything yeah shout out to uh udonis haslam probably playing his 20 something nba season 42 years old uh and then <laughs> yep at the other end of the age spectrum they have not nikola Jokic. Uh, but Nikola Jovic, 19 years old, one of the youngest players in the league. Nikola Jovic, welcome to the league. Um, moving on, then we've got the home state Bucks. Yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, not not a ton to say about them. We kind of know what they're going to be. Um, we know they have one of the top two or three players in the league, and. To me, it's it's just 
kind of like Miami being healthy and being prepared to win in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I, I have them um, as the best record in the East. Okay. Um, I just think their floor is just so high. I think Giannis is, you know, he's gotten his accolades and I think he's very like content and happy with life, I would assume. But I also think he like understands that he could really cement his place in basketball as one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, and really be in that discussion, depending on how he kind of goes these next five to 10 years. So, you know, I, I think the window's open for the Bucks, and I, I think they've just got a really good, solid team. They've got some hungry young players off the bench. I really like, uh, I'm not, I'm just going to say Mamouche, his last name on the bench. Um, he's this really uh, cool player. He played it. Seton Hall and he's like six foot nine uh athletic just kind of tries really hard he he was like their star player in summer league and so I think he's gonna ultimately get some play this year and be a fun player off the bench and then yeah they just run it back with the familiar faces this is a really good team and they're gonna be really good yeah my I guess my my one question for me would be the bench that you uh, mentioned, I think, like it, it, the young guys, like Mamouche, uh, <laughs> like Jordan Wara, um, like Grayson Allen will be will be key to how they're doing this year because I mean Bobby Portis is there. We know what to expect from him. Pat Connaughton is there, but they also lost like PJ Tucker. Um, who was such a key piece of their finals team. And they have some guys who um, are good, but are a little bit older now. You know, Joe Ingles, they got is coming off of an injury, 35. Brooke Lopez isn't the player he was a few years ago. Wes Matthews, 36. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I think I'd maybe put, put too much stock in a player's age, but, um, but the young players, you know, Giannis is, is one of the few players on the Bucks, still in his 20s. Um, and so they've got an older roster and they've, they're going to need bench performance as they can't ride these starters um, all game, every game. And yeah. are going to need, you know, the depth to show up. I think it's a really good point. And I think that's something that we'll have to follow throughout the year because they do have, I really like Marjan uh, Bochamp, their yep. draft pick. But he is very young. We'll see if he can really make an immediate impact. Um, but it's Sandro Mama Kellisvili. Yeah, I think Sandro he and his Mama brother Kellis. both played at Seton Hall. Yeah, and just a really fun player to watch. Friends with Georgie Bishanisvili from Illinois. Yep. And uh, Jordan Noir, yeah. I think if they can take steps up, plus you got George Hill, who I really like, all reliable. Mm-hmm. Like Javon Carter seems like a pretty solid player. You know, they'll – They'll be all right. Uh, but that takes us to the number one seed in your standings, which is the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, and I surprised myself a little bit with this prediction as I'm uh, not not too high on, on James Harden. But I think Tyrese Maxey is going to be so good. He could actually be a candidate for most improved player. I wish I had thought of him when I was picking that award. But he, he to me, is um, – a star in the making. They still have Tobias Harris, the PJ Tucker 
addition is a good one. Um, so I think, I think Philly is, is prime for a really good season. And oh, to me, Joel Embiid after uh, his counterpart in the West has won two straight MVPs is going to be really hungry to have a huge season. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all good reasonings. I, the 76ers are still a little bit hard for me to fully believe in. I think because they've just like, it feels like been here, done that. They've been like kind of hyped up for the last, like what, almost decade now. At least <laughs> I feel like it from, yeah. Where from it's just ever all, since they, that they were like, okay, yeah. like the young upstart, it was like, they're going to be sick this year. Yeah. It's just they haven't been. Ever since they accumulated 10,000 draft picks and we were told yeah. to trust the process. When we were told, I mean, how when was trust the process, you know? And so I, I think so. This team can probably deal with that. Um, but we'll see. I still kind of want to see it all put together. But it would be awesome. Joe Embiid is so talented. But I think he needs a little bit more success in the postseason. And I think, you know, just showing a little, I don't like to say like toughness, but I don't know how else to like put it. Just more of that instinct of like, this year's the year. I'm not joking or not to say you can't joke around, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be like the fun big guy this year. Yeah. I'm going to be the guy who you hate to play against, who's going to throw, you know, be just out physical you. Yeah. the year he comes that like that, Philly's going to be really, really good. And hopefully it'll be this year. Yeah. Like that, honestly, that like Jordan mentality when he got a little bit older and was just not going to let his team lose, kind of a LeBron mentality uh, yeah. in his second I mean, so stand in Cleveland. And you just, you know, even not as good players have it. And, but it's just that idea of, yeah, I, I've seen as the, more casual observer as I'm not really a Philly fan. I I haven't seen like him like take over like a serious game where it's like I'm not gonna let my team lose as opposed to sometimes it feels like he's kind of reclined to just being like well, not whining, but anyway. I don't want to say any more for our 76ers listeners, but um yeah, hopefully this will be the year that they can really we're saying it out of love, right? We want to see him succeed. Yeah, he's an incredible player, and he, yeah. you know, a very special player, and um, he he deserves to make a run. We'll see if he yeah. can do it. Yeah. Uh, now, one team I didn't notice in your standings. Um, mm, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought about it. Um. Part of it is the coaching, honestly. Like, we both have special relationships with Tibbs (laughs) on, like, your team and my team and our mutual team, the Wolves. He coached them all. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like he's – if he was coaching in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, his style of basketball would be perfect. I just don't know if a Tom Thibodeau-led team – can be innovative and yeah, I think innovative is the right word in, in 2022, 2023. Um, Jalen Brunson to me is, is a, is a great addition. Like 
is he gonna will he do for the Knicks what Donovan Mitchell will do for the Cavs for example no he's not that level of player but he's he's so steady he played a huge part in the Mavs success um but I'm I'm honestly a little bit skeptical about about RJ Barrett um Cam Reddish some of the young guys and I don't think Julius Randle can be as consistent as he was the year he was an all-star and part of it too is honestly just the depth of the east like all these teams um are good and if this was a still you know if it was still a playoff format where only eight teams made it some good teams would be left out um because of that the nba is just really deep yeah i mean i think that's really well said and that's what i was going to bring up is like you look at this Knicks team on paper and there's a lot of good names and some talented young players that kind of jump out at you and yeah I think it's frustrating with a coach kind of like Tibbs sometimes where it feels like it's a little bit above mediocrity but not much sometimes right you know where it's like you're good but you're not that good and there's not much it doesn't feel like there's much of a chance to be that much better you know sometimes depending on the season with them and so that's kind of tough. And, but yeah, I think just the depth of this league is really, really on display there. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with our Western conference preview. Um, so in 10th, I had the Portland trailblazers. Um, Dame is coming back. They have Yusuf Nurkic. Um, I, of course, CJ McCollum is, is gone, but I like, but they have some nice young pieces. Uh, Anthony Simons is a good player. So I like them to at least pick up a, a playoff spot. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like that too. They, they got Gary Payton Jr., uh, Jeremy Grant, Josh Hart. They've just got Justice Winslow I like a lot. So they, they've got some solid players on there. I, I don't think their ceiling is that high probably, but they're – their floor could be pretty good. And and when you, anytime you've got a player like Damian Lillard on your team, you're, you're going to be all right. Yeah. Uh, so the, the team who the, the Blazers of course made a big trade with to um, send away CJ McCollum was the new Orleans Pelicans. And that's, we have in ninth um, again, it's kind of like the Knicks this, I don't think the Pelicans are a bad team at all. They have a bunch of good young players. They've, they've got some veterans in Valanchunas and McCollum. It just more speaks to the depth of the West. And I couldn't find a team one through eight to put them above. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because I really like this Pelicans team. And I could I think their ceiling is honestly pretty high i think they could really surprise some teams this year but they also might be a year away we'll see how healthy zion can stay but ingram and mccollum are both so good and zion is still a very special player um he he dominates when he's healthy uh they've got some other good players around them and uh, i like herb jones a lot i like trey murphy who's a young just sniper um Carlos Alvarado obviously made highlights for his crazy play, but he he's a solid backup. So it's a fun team. Um, I think they could be sneaky good, but I don't think 
I, I do have trouble. Like when you look at the teams ahead of them, who are they going to hop over? I think they're going to hop a few of those teams, but I don't know who it's going to be. I think it's going to be due to injuries and unforeseen stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, which brings us to the Timberwolves. Yeah. What Do you want to start with this one? Tell me where you think they'd go relative to eighth or if eight feels about right. I think eight feels about right. Um, well, actually, I will say I would take the Lakers. Well, okay. I would say maybe move up like one spot. Okay. But I just think just a lot of the same things about the Pelicans and just also just about how deep this league is. Like there's a lot of talent on this Minnesota team. Um, but when you look at the the just the levels of talent on kind of like the top four or five teams and six teams in the West, it's just on a different level. Um, it's just a gauntlet and these wolves are very good and they're going to test you and they're a playoff team for sure. But uh, I'm not convinced they're upper echelon Western conference yet. Yeah. I think they'll really miss Patrick Beverly. I, <laughs> I love Patrick Beverly. He's one of those guys who you love to have on your team and love how he plays and is just then this is meant to be a compliment, just obnoxious to play against um, because of how much a competitor he is. And Gobert was very much a, a win now move. And I'm not sure that they'll win as much as they hoped from that trade. Yeah. I, I, I don't even think like, I'd still think it's a solid trade. Like, I Oh think yeah. Better, like, I think they're better. But it's yeah. just like, yeah, it's almost like how much better do they get and is it going to make that much of a difference in a West that seems very loaded? Again, right. all very dependent on injuries. Yeah. But still, this is if a couple of these teams rank it, they're going to be hard to beat, which brings us to the seventh seed, the Lakers. <laughs> now, I'll be honest. Unless something changes, and I love LeBron, I don't see how this team could sniff the playoffs. Really? Wow. Okay. No. I mean, it's possible I put them too high. I mean, they still have LeBron. Yep. They have Anthony Davis. They got yep. Patrick Beverly. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. There's already a bunch of talk surrounding Russell Westbrook. I mean, this team is only two years removed from a championship, but they could also like fall. If imagine if you were on the roof of 2002 Chamberlain and fell all the way to the basement, they could yeah. fall that far too. Sheesh! I exactly the the <laughs> bottom. Well, I see. Here's what I would argue: it's already happened. They've already fallen. Yeah. And now new, the new coach, though. I mean, yeah, but the season. coach can only do so much. They needed to do something. They needed to do something to summon this offseason. IMO. Like they, it's almost unforgivable the the lack of movement that they made this offseason. Do they still have uh, your brother's boy, by the way, Mello? Is Mello still an active player? I, I don't know. 
We'll find out. He hasn't been playing. Okay. But they just didn't No, he's not playing for them anymore. No, he's not on the roster yet. But they just they don't have it. Anthony Davis is a very good player when he's healthy, which is a big win. If when you know it's 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 not a given. Yeah. And the thing I would say though about like to me, if you just watch this team, they look demoralized. Like Russ is an incredible player, a Hall of Famer, has the most triple doubles in NBA history. And he just looks sad playing basketball with this team. Yeah. And in front of these crowds. <laughs> and then there's so yeah. much pressure on all these role players who aren't that good. I know. When they've traded away all of their role players who are so good. Like that's a point that I I was talking about with my brother that I wanted to make. If you think about all the players they've traded away, Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo, Caruso. It's a great um, point. Josh Hart, uh, Kentavia, like all these players. And yeah, Danny Green was a big part of their finals team. Yes, and the young ones that they've let go to go be like very. It's just it. Taylor Horton Tucker, like it just doesn't. Then you look at the roster and what they have now. To me, they've already fallen, and now it's like, can they make a move this season to make them competitive? I think Russell has to leave the team for his own good and the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to see Russell like finish his career with some dignity, and this is just 100%. that not pretty. Same, I mean, same with LeBron too. One hundred. Uh, yeah. So let's let's switch to to the other LA team, the Clippers. You seem to think that we have the Lakers too high at seven, uh, potentially have the Clippers too low at six. Yeah, I really like this team. Um, if you think about all the minutes that this team has played without um, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard over the last couple of years, I think that's going to pay incredible dividends. Because you're moving all these guys back like two spots in the rotation, you know. So now you're, you know, your last year's six best players, now your eighth best player. It just makes the yeah. whole team just got better. But when you can bring in a canard who's been there, he's taken big shots, he's he's hit game winners, he's missed game winners, you know. You you put in Batum, all these guys, um, Amir Coffee, you know, it, it's like he's gonna be one of the last players off your bench this year. But last year he played a ton. Yeah. And you needed him and he had made key plays and everything. And I think that's going to pay dividends. They have these superstars. I love the signing of John Wall and so far so good. I, I watched a little bit last night and he still has some speed and was taking it like, you know, all the way down the floor. So I, I, I think if the stars can stay healthy on this team, this team is going to be really, really good and really tough to beat. And actually, Zubach is a low-key, a, a very decent NBA center now. Another yes. player the Lakers got rid of that the Clippers yeah. picked up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You have Morris, another player just playing really well. Like, they just – Terrence Mann is another good, young, talented guy. So, that – I am I think they're going to be really good this year. Uh, but brings me to another team. Well, unless – do you have anything, like, that you'd really like to focus on? With the Clippers? No, no, no. No, I think you said it. Yeah, let's let's go to Dallas. Cool. I mean, I'll let you – so 
I think I've got Mavs a little higher and I kind of talked about it earlier, you know, with my MVP pick. So like what has you Mavs at fourth? Uh, fifth, fifth. Um, Sorry, listeners, fifth, fifth, even yeah, lower. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Brunson is a big loss. Not, not because he was, you know, an all-star level player, but because um, he did so much of the ball handling and took some of the weight off of Luca's shoulders. I don't think uh, Spencer Dinwiddie can do that. So, and a lot's going to fall on Luca, as you said. Christian Wood is a playmaker, but he he doesn't create his own own shot as much as Jalen Brunson did. This team, for me, really goes as far as Luca takes them. Whereas I feel like the teams above them in the West um, much have much more of balanced attacks. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's fair. I, I mean, mine is really relying on Luca taking that big step. So I, I think you have them in a pretty solid spot. Okay. And I think, you know, last year too, with injuries kind of decimating some teams, I I don't think it was the hardest path to the Western Conference Finals last no. year. No, no. So yeah. I don't think they're automatically in that discussion. Um, but they did make a statement win against uh, this next team that you've got in the fourth seed, the Suns. Yeah, Phoenix. So the, I guess they – they've maybe earned a little bit of goodwill or kind of <laughs> residual uh, eliteness in the standings. though they're not as good as they were a couple of years ago when they played the Bucks as the finals. Um, to me, I mean, Chris Paul is awesome, but I don't at 37 now, I think um, you just wonder how much he has left. He had such even an unexpected Renaissance the first year he got to Phoenix after the um his tenure in houston devin booker is is of course an awesome player and they'll still be a great a great team um but with i don't think they'll be as good as the the three teams we have above them and i don't think they're capable of getting back to the finals yeah i i agree with that um i mean i think it's very well said I don't have too much to add. It's kind of like, we'll see, you know, it feels like they're pretty much running it back. So we'll see kind yep. of where we end up, yeah. how it shakes out, but they're talented. Seem like they've got a good coach. So it right. seems like a good spot for them. Now another, uh, you know, on the other side, kind of more of an unknown, it's like a known unknown, you know, with Michael Porter Jr. and Murray, but, to have all of them back with Jokic now with all this young talent too, uh, you know, two-time MVP, like this, this team could be really fun this year and very, very scary. What, uh, what excites you most about the Nuggets or what got you the, them, the number three pick? To me, it was just, the, yeah, like you said, it. these guys coming back, um, we, we of course hope for, for the league's sake that, that this Nuggets team will be healthy because they can be really fun to watch. They have Aaron Gordon too. I like the Bruce Brown pickup, a guy who was on uh, Brooklyn the past couple of years. Bones Highland is a good backup point guard and his development enabled them to trade away uh, Monte Morris and, and Will Barton and bring in 
uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Um, and I mean, Porter, like Murray, we know can play at all-star level. Porter has shown flashes of being an incredible player when he's on the, on the court. So how does, how does Denver at, at three feel to you? I think it feels really good. I mean, I could see them being the number one seed. I could see them being, you know, having injury or not being stable enough and being the number five seed, but they're, they're a top tier team. If they are healthy, I, you know, I, I'm so excited. The The run they made a couple of years ago was incredible. And if we could see that again, that would be really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, number So number two, um, this is a team I've gotten to see play against the Knicks early on. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, I believe they were the two seed last year as well. Um, John Morant is just incredible. He, he continues to get better. Um, seems to be really durable as a player as well. Um, does it all for his team. And they found some really nice pieces to play alongside him. Steven Adams is such a good rebounder. Screen setter brings toughness to that team. Denzel Bain is a great three-point shooter. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. has had some injury issues, but when he's healthy, he's, he's really good too. And then some of these other guys they brought in, like, like Conchar, like Santi Aldama, uh, can shoot as well and allow them to space the floor when they play. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I think this team can be really fun. It seems like the entire team, like no matter who they throw out there, is just gonna ready to, you know, run through a wall for them. And Morant's so good. So, uh, I again, I don't have too much to add. I like these Grizzlies. Morant put up, what was it, 49? Crazy, yeah. You know, and – uh, you know, if he can stay healthy too, he's like, he's so good, but he's not that big. And he, he really throws himself around and into traffic and into, you know, he can jump very, very high. So he gets up there and puts himself into some dangerous situations. So, yep. you know, and this team kind of feels like <clears throat> as he goes, they go. Um, so we'll see, but I think, the two's right for if everything's going well and i'd like to see it because this is a really fun team and an easy team to root for as a neutral fan i think yeah and a couple guys we didn't even mention dylan brooks brandon clark um so such nice complimentary pieces for them definitely all right and then that leaves us with the number one overall seed in the west uh the golden state warriors i we've we've spoke to them already we liked, you mentioned uh, Wiseman and guys like Moses Moody taking the next step. Steph Curry is still such an incredible player. And I don't think um, because he is such a good shooter, he doesn't, you know, that doesn't go away as he gets another year older. They have Draymond, they have Clay, they have Jordan Poole, great coach and Steve Kerr. To me, pretty easy pick for number one overall seed in the, uh, in the West. Yeah, I don't think there's much to say about the Warriors at this point. Um, I will highlight that they did sign another great player, Patrick Baldwin Jr., who was just kind of hurt a lot of last year. Mm. Um, yep, UW-Milwaukee. Yeah, uh, very, very highly rated player coming out of high school. Um, played one year there, and then he's in the NBA. Okay. Um, they continue to stack talent. 
behind their Hall of Famers. Um, and I think anyone who doesn't think they're the favorites is wild. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, it's, it's, they're kind of, it feels more like, uh, say like the Super Bowl or like Stanley Cup or something this year, you know, where it's kind of like up for grabs, like put it back. It feels, this feels kind of more like WWE. Like, yeah. Someone's really going to have to take the title from the yep. This yep. does not There's feel up for, for sure. Right yeah. Before we go, I just want to uh, give a shout out to one of our listeners who sent in a mailbag question, Sam O from Chicago. Sam O, thank you for your uh, sweet and thoughtful message. Sam O asked if we still think uh, James Harden is elite. Um, so for you, is he is he a top 10 player in the NBA? That's what we're describing as elite. Um, I guess, yeah, what's your it depends on your definition of elite. So for I was looking at NBA player rankings. Um, CBS analysts had him at uh, 21. Overall, ESPN had him at 11. To me, I would have him closer to 21. But where would you have him in your, if you had to pick a number? Yeah, it's tough. I think I would say, I mean, to be fair, he still put up in 2021, he put up 21 points, 10 and a half assists, and seven rebounds. Yeah. And he started off. 26, eight rebounds, nine assists. He he puts up numbers, and he's putting up numbers on a very good team. But I, I think it's just harder to see him as an elite player because of what he, you know, going to the Rockets and kind of petering out there, being on the nets and it just not going well. And then now being on the Sixers and it kind of fizzled out as well last year. Right. Samo, we know that was a quick answer, but hope you appreciate it. And uh, listeners, hope you enjoyed the show. Take care, guys. Yeah. Thanks for the season preview. Listening. Uh, bye, listeners. Bye. Bye.